You're listening to the Beefox and Beefrank show. Uh, game of the week last week, Stanford, Oregon. This was all Oregon to start. Stanford coming back to win in overtime. Uh, first of all, I mean, looks like Oregon's for real. Um, but, I mean, for Stanford, does this kind of elevate them into a, uh, a potential playoff team truly in your eyes? I mean, they've, st- they've still got Notre Dame and Washington to beat. I think this gives them a little more leeway. They can probably lose to one of those two and still have a shot at it. But I think I think we saw some glaring issues from Stanford. But it in the end, you know, KJ Costello was the one that won them that game. Obviously, the defense had a huge part to do with it, but he had a tremendous game against Oregon. He was better than we've seen him yet. He did it pretty much without the use of our Sega Whiteside, he did have two touchdown catches, but he only had four total receptions. So he was spreading the ball around to just about everybody. And again, that defense came up timely, made some big plays. Bryce Love was good. He was probably wasn't as good as I had expected him to. And then I looked at the box score and saw that he had uh, 89 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, this, this was a KJ Costello and Stanford defense win. And Bryce Love is always hurt by the measuring stick that is himself and kind of how high those expectations are. But yeah, this is definitely KJ Costello's game. Um, Colby Parkinson overtime too, kind of just tipping that um, touchdown to himself. Um, And then Oregon unable to answer. But yeah, I mean, from the start, it looked like, you know, you're dead wrong about Oregon. Got out 23-7 almost 30 to seven, um, but they had a touchdown overturned. Stanford takes a fumble right back for touchdown the other way. And that kind of just flipped the entire game. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's really got to hurt if you're Oregon, because again, this was the first time they were really playing a real team. And I mean, for the start of the game, at least they definitely looked ready for it. They looked like a runaway train. They looked like they could not be stopped. Herbert was really good for a little while. They had Verdell on the ground. Didn't even know who this kid was. 115 yards on 20 carries. And Dylan Mitchell, 14 catches for 239 yards is outrageous. Yeah, literally everyone else had 12 catches for 107 yards. So, <laughs> still in the lion's share of the work by himself. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to look at this as a an Oregon fan and you know take any sort of solace whatsoever. But kind of getting back to the point of you know being a team that can compete with and you know beat top ten, top five teams. Obviously, came up a little short on the beat part, but going forward, trying to get back to where they perennially were um, under the likes of Chip Kelly. That's got to be somewhat of an encouraging sign. Yeah, it shows they're ready to play. Um, I mean, honestly, they're four minutes, essentially five minutes away from pulling off the win and, and being probably top 15, top 10 right now. And, you know, everyone going from Herbert's good to, wow, this Herbert kid's for real. I mean, I think he is for real, but there, there would be much more talk about him if uh, if they had been able to pull off the win. But again, it's it's just one of those things, you know, a couple of bad breaks and all of a sudden Oregon sitting there wondering what the hell went wrong when they played so well for a majority of the game. 
And the uh, other big game last week taking place in uh, Tuscaloosa, really the only drama here was whether or not Texas A&M would cover. Um, they did. They only lost 45 to 23, but I mean, Tua, 397 total yards, five total touchdowns. I mean, Alabama's just on a different level from everybody else. It's terrifying. They're, they're so good. They're so freaking good. And Tua doesn't really make those bad mistakes that we had maybe thought he was capable of just from that one half we saw in the national championship with the interceptions. But I, 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 where do you go? What, what do you do if you play Alabama? Like you just, you have to be Georgia essentially and be able to match up athlete for athlete. Pretty much, yeah. And it's, it is a relatively young defense and maybe not quite as dominant by Alabama standards, but that's kind of like the Bryce Love thing where they're just kind of a victim of how good they've been. So that's what they're being judged against. Still very good. Um, I mean, Kellen Mond is a very good quarterback. He had his fair share of struggles on Saturday trying to dissect that defense. And and pretty much anyone else who tries will face the same issues. I, yeah, I don't know. There's going to be some, uh, some big games in the coming weeks. It'll be very interesting to see um, how close, you know, LSU is able to make it. Um, but, yeah, at the rate they're going, it seems like Alabama won't really – face a challenge till maybe even Georgia. Yeah, and, and going back to Mond real quick, he had a decent game, but he showed flashes of you know brilliance where you can see the potential that he has and just how good he can be when he gets a little time or space to make plays. He's a true dual-threat quarterback and was showing that for Jimbo's offense, but it's it's the machine. They just keep on rolling. I'm sure Saban has a lot to be pissed about, and he'll he'll figure out different ways to – claim it's us against the world, but I mean, it's it's hard when you've got a guy like Jalen Hurts that can sit 75% of the game and then come in at the end and play garbage time. Yeah, I mean, that's... Whoever, whoever Saban has on his staff just kind of coming up with bullets and board material, that's it's got to be one of the hardest working guys in sports. Absolutely. That, like, it's, it's so difficult for anyone outside the program to spin them as, you know, facing any sort of adversity whatsoever. People in the program, I would imagine it's got to be even harder, but that's it's just reality. Just Alabama feels pretty, pretty close to, to Sharpie for the playoff already, which is ridiculous, but I mean, they've, they've just been that dumb and somebody has to, uh, to prove me otherwise. Yeah, I mean, if they if they could have covered the spread there, that would have been the most impressive thing. Go yeah. undefeated against the spread and in to start the season. That would, yeah, that's that's the next step. Yep. Once once Saban starts bringing like newspapers to press conferences and like circling spreads, then well, he's just too bored with everything else. Needs a new challenge. Um, we have quite the slate this week. Um, Let's start with the, the most marquee matchups. You've got Ohio State at Penn State, last two undefeated teams in the Big Ten. This game, um, last time in Happy Valley, was kind of Penn State's coming out party under James Franklin, what really vaulted them into a perennial top 15, top 10 team. Um, 
taking lightning strike twice? I say yes, just because I picked Penn State to win the Big Ten preseason. I've got to stick with my guns. I think Ohio State looks really freaking good. Dwayne Haskins has exceeded expectations, and they've got, I mean, obviously so many weapons on that team. The defense has been a little bit shaky. I know they've been dealing with some injuries, but for the amount of talent they have, you kind of expect a little better. And then Penn State's coming off arguably their worst three-quarter performance. Eh. I mean, they, they've they let down against App State. They've let down in the first three quarters against Illinois and then lit them up for 35 points in the fourth. But you got to expect that they've got, they're going to come sharp for uh, Ohio State this week. I think McSorley finally gets his game together and the defense steps up and, and forces some turnovers from Haskins. So I'm going to say Penn State wins in a very close game. I mean, I was watching that uh, Penn State-Illinois game on Friday, and yeah, all, all too familiar script as an IU football fan. Um, I've seen Penn State do that a couple times, but I mean, Miles Sanders looks like a mm-hmm. very good replacement for Saquon Barkley. Yeah, 200 yards, three touchdowns against Illinois, and only 22 carries. But I am still taking Ohio State here. Um, as we've been saying all year, Dwayne Haskins has been absolutely ridiculous. He's up to 17 total touchdowns now uh, through the first four weeks of the season. And it's, I mean, I, I would not be surprised at all if this does turn into a track meet. These two offenses are that good. Um, but I think Ohio State is going to be able to uh, kind of steal a win in the hostile environment. but. This this could be the de facto um, Big Ten championship. It it seems that way, especially you know, given the mess that's going on in the West, and um, you know, Michigan. No one's really sure what they are. Michigan State's been up and down, but I don't know. I just I feel Penn State. Besides the fact that I picked them under the lights, the whiteout at home. It's Happy Valley's a weird place. I mean, that's going to be an extremely tough environment. It's yeah. the only thing that gives me pause. Um, neutral field would, would take Ohio State without hesitation. But, yeah, that, I mean, this is going to be a close game. It'll be up to Haskins to really weather that first true hostile environment. Because, I mean, obviously it's not like Rutgers is. Um, so we'll have, we'll have to see how he fares, but I'm, I'm confident he'll be able to handle it. Um, the other top 10 matchup, basically the, the second tier of teams looking in the playoff, we've been saying seven Stanford or eight Notre Dame in South Bend, um, might be the toughest remaining game on Notre Dame's schedule, but new starting quarterback, Ian Book looks very, very good. Yeah. The defense played pretty well for Notre Dame, uh, kind of a bend don't break mentality against Wake Forest last week. Ian Book got off to a slow start and then really got rolling. Over 300 yards passing, a couple touchdowns on the ground and through the air. Uh, the offense looks completely different when he's on the field as opposed to Brandon Wimbush. It it just makes you wonder if Brandon Wimbush could throw the ball a little more accurately, how good could this Notre Dame offense be? Because they're dynamic with Tony Jones Jr. and Jafar Armstrong in the backfield, along with Wimbush running that read option. If he had a throwing piece to his game, they'd be dominant. But Ian Book does bring that passing element, not as much with the legs. 
but yeah, I mean, it's this is uh, this is one of those games where had Costello not had his coming out party last week and proven that he's a big game quarterback that that has that ability, I would have taken Notre Dame easily in this one. I'm still going to take the Irish. I think it's a very close game, um, probably similar to this Oregon Stanford game in terms of score, low 30s, I would say. But I think Notre Dame gets it done. Yeah, there were great signs for both teams last week. As you mentioned, Costello kind of opening up Stanford's offense, and then Book doing the same thing for Notre Dame. Um, I mean, Wimbush is fairly predictable for defenses because he is a much better runner than passer. Um, so you can kind of cheat to that, but it was great to see that Notre Dame can actually win a game in a blowout, especially on the road. Yeah. Because so far this year, obviously Michigan's a tough opponent, but after that, Ball State Vanderbilt sort of played more to their opponent's level than kind of letting talent win out. And I think that'll set up well going into this week. Um, so Dexter Williams will be coming back to the backfield for Notre Dame, so that'll help matters give Book another weapon on offense. Since it didn't happen last week, I'm worried now that this is going to be Bryce Love's breakout yeah. game of the year. <laughs> it could just, just be the JT Barrett syndrome, though, where we wait and wait and wait all year, and it just never happens. Right, but I think, I think Bryce, Bryce Love, Love has, better. More, has a better track record. Yeah. Um, than JT Barrett. I mean, right. I would I would love for it to continue, obviously, as a, a fairly biased Notre Dame fan. But, yeah, I, I think this is one with, with Brandon Wimbush at the helm. Notre Dame probably loses. Um, but I think Ian Book and just kind of giving that extra dimension to Notre Dame's offense, that'll be enough to eke out a home victory. And you got to think that Notre Dame is going to force Costello to beat him. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna load the box every time. You're gonna put your best defensive back on Arcega Whiteside and, and go and see what you can do. But if I mean, if this turns into a shootout, I actually have confidence that Notre Dame can keep scoring with Stanford. Yeah, exactly. And historically, I feel like that has kind of been the strategy against um, Stanford. You kind of try to slow down the likes of Toby Gerhardt, Stefan Taylor really backfired when Andrew Luck played there, but mm -hmm. for the most part, Stanford's quarterbacks have not been at the same level. So we'll see, but yeah, both taking Notre Dame there. Uh, we've got a couple of good matchups on Friday night, actually. Um, like one Pac-12 after dark, one that's half Pac-12 after dark. We'll start with the half uh, BYU up into the top 20 now, um, traveling to Seattle to take on Washington. Obviously, BYU with the big win over Wisconsin. Washington lost first game of the year against Auburn and has basically been trying to climb back up to where they were since. Who are you liking in this one? I like Washington. I've said it from the, the start of the year. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. I appreciate that BYU's had a good season thus far. Um but I don't see them pulling off another win like they did against Wisconsin. There's too much on offense, and especially that Washington defense. They looked so good last week against Arizona State. You got to think that Browning and Gaskin are going to get it together a little more as the season moves on. They're, they're very slow starting so far. And, I mean, they, they really haven't played that poorly. They just haven't played to their full ability. So I think... 
uh, they're going to continue to improve as it goes on. And I just don't think BYU, Tanner Mangum and company can't really keep up. And Washington has more on offense than Wisconsin does. Um, yes. They're not, they're not a team that will kind of, that BYU can kind of bank on like just hanging around, keeping within striking distance because they do actually have, you know, a passing offense, which Wisconsin regrettably does not. Last night's Alex Hornibrook performance notwithstanding. Um, yeah, I mean, especially playing at Washington, which is actually a very tough place to play. Um, I mean, BYU's had a brutal schedule start yeah. of the season. I mean, Cal is ranked now, too, um, and that's their one loss on the year. But I, I just don't see them going into to Washington and stealing a win here. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, especially considering they, they pretty much shut down Nikhil Harry last week, and he is – Easily one of the best receivers in the country. Yeah. And yeah, like we said before, for the Auburn game, for the start of the year, the secondary is pretty much at the level it was when Washington <clears throat> first took that leap under Chris Peterson, um, made the college football playoff. It's a big part of why there are such high hopes there this year, along with, of course, Browning Gaskin come back for year eight. But yep. Yeah. I mean, BYU will, will find that out real fast, I have a feeling. Um, and then the other one, the aforementioned Cal Golden Bears hosting Oregon fresh off that overtime loss. Oregon actually moved up a spot in the polls um, for, I guess, losing in impressive fashion. Statement loss. Yeah, <laughs> big-time statement loss at home. Um, so Oregon able to, to bounce back here. Is Cal for real? What are your thoughts on this one? I am not sold on Cal. I think that Oregon is very good. I really like Herbert, and I like this offense. I don't know that the defense can hold up, but I also don't think Cal is any bit of a world beater. They beat North Carolina with <clears throat> half their team suspended by seven, beat BYU by three, and then Idaho State put up 23 against them. So I think Oregon can put these put up points in the 40s here, and I don't think that Cal has the offense to hang with them. It Cal is – kind of been a lot like the Bears, just pre-reliance on defense um, and then asking the offense to do just enough to eke out some victories. Um, basically, a very close win over uh, BYU was part of that. But, yeah, it's, it's very hard to see Cal making much of a threat to Oregon, especially with Wilcox coming over there as head coach anyway. He's historically so defensive-minded into the ranks as a D coordinator. So not surprising that Cal's offense isn't exactly terrifying. Been starting a freshman at quarterback in Chase Garber is sometimes platooning, um, but that just involves bringing in a sophomore off the bench as more of a running threat and Brandon McElwain. Um, I mean... On paper, put next to Justin Herbert, Verdell, Mitchell, not much of a comparison there. Um, it'll take a gargantuan effort from the Cal defense to try to keep this one close, and I, I really don't see that happening. I think Oregon takes this one. Yeah, I, I like Oregon big. I, uh, I, I appreciate the home field in the Pac-12 after dark where things get weird, but... It feels like, you know, if Oregon had won last week, 
this feels like a classic letdown game at Cal, but they've got to get back on track very quickly here. And then uh, it's early in the season, so Texas Tech is ranked. Mm -hmm. It's about that time of year. Um, Number 12, West Virginia, traveling to the 25th-ranked Red Raiders. I have to ask, um, just out of courtesy, uh, who's winning this game? You already know West Virginia will win. They'll put up a ton of points. Will Greer didn't look great last week. It took him a little while to get going, and then at the end of the half, he finally did against Kansas State. The defense played extremely well, really did well stopping the run. Um, Texas Tech's defense is so-so. They do have Dakota Allen, who's great, but other than that, there's not too much to write home about. They will score points. That's just a given, but I think West Virginia's defense is better than Texas Tech's offense, and I think West Virginia's offense will go off this week. I think this is a big week for my guy, Will Greer. In the difference Texas Tech looked between week one loss to Ole Miss and then last week where they absolutely throttled Oklahoma yep. State, it's like night and day. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, some defense being played there held Oklahoma State to 17 points. They, of course, have another gunslinger back there. Um, Alan Bowman now drawn for just under 1,600 yards on the season already. Uh, this will be week five. so kind of give you an idea of how that offense is humming along. Um, But, yeah, Will Greer, still the better player, Um, not really going out on the ledge there. But West Virginia is going to be too much because their defense by Big 12 standards is is still pretty good. Um, And then so something I noticed you saw the other day, just want to double confirm, three touchdowns to David Sills last week. That taken over your mind, Greer to Sills taken over from Mason Rudolph to James Washington is the best combo in the country. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually incredible how many touchdowns they've thrown. Uh, or Greer's thrown to Sills, it's somewhere in like the upper 20s or low 30s, I think. And Greer has thrown for like over 300 yards in all but two games in his West Virginia career. So he throws for a ton of yards, and David Sills is his favorite target. He had 10 catches last week. I see it going about the same way. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely agree. I think it's, it's remarkable, really, too. Um, you're saying that Greer didn't look all that great last week, and he still ends up throwing for over 350 yards, five touchdowns. Still got to be at this point uh, clubhouse leader for for the Heisman, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I. I don't know. Maybe Dwayne Haskins is up there with him, right. but I think he is uh, pretty comfortably up there. Yeah, Haskins is the only other name to come to mind. I think Price Love's going to run out of time really soon. It's kind of one of those things yeah. um, where you keep expecting and expecting and expecting it to happen. Maybe it doesn't. He has you know, a, a good year, but mm-hmm. just not where he was last year. Um, but yeah, I, I mean... Greer and maybe Haskins at this point. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Tua. I was going to say Tua too. Nudged his way into there. The you know the more reps he gets, and you now they pretty much have gone away from the two quarterback system, and pretty clearly his team now. I mean, you can maybe make an argument for Mackenzie Milton, but I don't think he's really at the production yet. 
yeah, and I mean, he's, he's going to forever be hurt by playing at UCF, but it's another team. Um, so it's going to expand just talking about the playoff. It, yep. it feel, we're, we're four weeks into the season, and it seems like cast iron almost, but we're already set. Like, in yeah. some order, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State. Upsets will happen, obviously, mm-hmm. and I think Ohio State's going to have the toughest road there um, navigating through the Big Ten East starting it this week. But any other teams out there that really – look like playoff caliber teams. I know Notre Dame, Stanford, kind of the next wave of teams, but we said last week they're not really, I mean, looking like on the same level as the the aforementioned four. Yeah, I have three teams that I could see sneaking into the playoff. One of them is going to be shocking. The other two, I think, well, actually, we'll say they're all shocking, but I'm going to say number one is LSU. I think LSU can actually make the playoff. Joe Burrow is only going to get better because he really hasn't played that well throughout the season. Um, they've got yeah, they've got great running back in Brosette, and the defense is one of the best they've had in a while, and that's that's really saying something. Uh, the next two teams are both out of the Big Twelve. I think the winner of that, so long as they're undefeated, has a shot at the playoff, and it's Oklahoma or West Virginia. Obviously, I have been high on the Mountaineers since before the season, since pretty much the end of last year. I've been pretty high on the Mountaineers. Oklahoma is an interesting team. They struggled mightily with Army this week, won in overtime. I think Kyler Murray is good. And if he, if they threw the ball a little more, they've just got so many good running backs. They threw the ball a little more. He might be more in that Heisman talk. He takes care of the ball, is very productive with it. Uh, the defense is pretty darn good, too. I just think West Virginia can score and outscore anybody, maybe not Alabama or Georgia, but they they will definitely go in there and put up a fight much better than a team like Washington a few years ago or previous Oklahoma last year. So those are the three teams on the outside that I see that have a chance. Other than that, I, I mean, I picked Penn State to – make the playoff I think and I think they're going to win this week so I would say they they also have a good shot with a good running back good quarterback and and solid defense yeah I mean I don't know I feel like Oklahoma honestly is like the hope for the big 12 I I feel like a letdown at some point is going to come for West Virginia as much fun as they are and as much as I want them to succeed um I mean the only other team really that's got a pretty good path, um, I mean, New Central Florida. Yeah. Obviously, AP poll, not the same as college football rankings when they come out, but it has to be somewhat of an encouraging sign that it's the end of week four. They're already knocking on the door of the top ten. I know saying this, the first um, playoff rankings are going to come out and they're going to be at like 25th but for now there's some hope and i mean they they looked good late against uh fau on friday not necessarily early um i do i do think that missing out on the the umc likely win could come back to hurt them or at least that's an argument that will be used against them but Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, just looking through the the top twenty five outside of the the four that are in there. I mean, Oklahoma's the the only one right now I can see confidently as a uh, a playoff team, but there's going to be somebody who jumps up and surprises us. Somebody is going to lose from that top four, and I mean, there's going to be some some zaniness coming. What about what about like Kentucky, like? There's there's a team. I'm yeah. not I'm not saying them as a specific case here, but a team like that always seems to pop up yearly and you know like late, and then people are like, oh shit, this is actually a good football team. I can't root for Kentucky this year, but like a team like that is still likely to make some noise. And I mean, they look pretty damn good, um, kicking the snot out of Mississippi State over the weekend. Yeah, they've got a really good defense, and that's that's the bottom line of it. You know, they they take care of the ball on offense, and then they come at you and play smash mouth football on the defensive end, led by I believe Josh Allen, which is just phenomenal that we have another great Josh Allen in college football. Uh, that I I agree. I like I think Kentucky can compete in the East. All all they have to do. I mean, this this sounds ridiculous, but all they. All they have to do is beat Georgia. And then <laughs> got a shot. Alabama, probably. Yeah. But easy enough. I mean, if you look at it like that, it's hard to say they don't have a chance. That being said, I think they're going to get the doors blown off them by Georgia. But if you can get it into a slop fest or a, a you know a low scoring methodical game, you've got a shot to win against any of these teams. Yeah, but that that is kind of the thing we have to start looking at at this point um, because it seems like the top four, um, pretty universal, have such a clear advantage over everyone else in the field. It's just coming down to who can kind of have the easiest path or most advantageous team um, or something of like that because um, I'm, I'm bracing so hard for when these rankings start coming out and I hate them so much. Um, because it, it's going to it's going to spawn so many so much ill will and I mean heated debates. I don't like it already. Um, but hopefully, hopefully this weekend will provide a lot of clarity there, um, especially with the two top ten matchups. Um, a sort of separation Saturday, if you will. Um, really establishing teams as as true playoff and title contenders or not. So now if Notre Dame, the loser of Notre Dame Stanford, they're out. You think they're done for the year? Uh, honestly, yeah. Like, cause looking at Notre Dame's schedule, um, USC doesn't look good. Virginia right, Tech. Aren't Virginia Tech, Florida State. Yeah. Those games all look a lot worse in terms of prestige than when the schedule was released. So I don't know if there's enough there to push them all the way back up into that conversation. Um, a win over I think Stanford the, obviously puts them right there. Yeah, I think the good news, though, is we've seen when top 10, top 15 teams have played each other, so long as it stays close, they're not necessarily getting plummeted out of the rankings. Right, right. Washington's still right there. Um, Auburn. But, yeah, but, yeah both those teams – 10 and 11 um, in the AP, obviously not the same as playoff rankings, but that's all we have right now. Um, 
yeah, it, then it just turns into a true war of attrition. Um, and the, the rest of the schedule is manageable, but I don't think we can necessarily give Notre Dame a free pass and assume they would win every single game. Um, I, I just think losing this game at home would pretty much kill their hopes, um, right that climb back up too high. Uh, Stanford, they can get back in there, uh, win over Washington would certainly be helpful. Um, but yeah, there's, there's not a, a ton left on their schedule either. So that, that really makes this game like triply important for both teams. Yeah. It's, and it's crazy. We're in week five and we're already talking about yeah. a, a winner go home matchup. I mean, that's, that's how good, uh, those top four have looked this year. It's, mm. it's going to take, I mean, a Herculean effort from somebody just to give any of them one loss. And even that I don't assume would drop any of them that far because people will still say, well, look at how good they look on paper, um, and the eye test. So kind of another thing working in their favor yeah i mean it feels like it's a matter of time when you when you're talking about it right now and there's you know four clear-cut teams that we're moving to six at least Mm -hmm. or and and that i guess would be the hope yeah i mean unfortunately had to had to eliminate my beloved hoosiers on saturday night they did not come to play against michigan state and i mean that's that is the worst of the four Big Ten East teams, they're going to be heavy underdogs in. So, gotta gotta put those national title hopes away. But plan for six wins now in a bowl game. Just there like you go. Always. Uh, any anything else you wanted to touch on? College basketball starts up this week. It does. Yeah. Holy shit! Uh, Hoosier hysteria is in September. It's really, really got me uh, noticing that, but. Yeah, that uh, that's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be gonna have a lot to talk about. Yeah, um, but for now we're still in the, the thick of football season. We will see what happens on this uh, separation Saturday. Be back to talk to you next week. So keep watching that college football. Keep listening to the spread option and keep tuning into this. Yeah. Come on.